it didn't listen to me. It walked out of the thicket, it turned around and looked at me. They looked up and in this tree, there was a monkey man. And the monkey man jumped down out of the tree and started running away. And suddenly they're right in front of the car. He slams on the brakes and manages to stop. And he's skidding because it's not quite, you know, um, gravelling. And for literally for about a second and a half, they just stood there because they don't know where to go. And you tell them panicking, they're like ripping up thing. Their, their, their face is like twitching. to Bigfoot Society, a podcast where we focus on cryptids, the strange, and the unexplained of this world. If you've got a story or something weird to share, send an email over to me at bigfootsociety at gmail.com. And if you'd like to support this show, head on over to patreon.com forward slash the Bigfoot Society. And now, on with the show. All right, Bigfoot Society, I've got the privilege and uh, of having Mr. Bryce Johnson back in the studio. How's it going, Bryce? Good, Jeremiah. How are you, man? Dude, I'm doing great. It's been a while since I uh, I last got to talk to you with the the rest of the uh, the expedition uh, Bigfoot uh team uh this is a few years ago i think but uh you know i i wanted to have you on to chat with you a little bit about uh a movie that you were able to be involved with almost uh coming up to 10 years ago it's it's not quite there yet but it, we are getting there but in the op- oh i i think i know which movie you're referring to uh but i'll let you i'll let you continue yes <laughs> yeah the the in this community famous willow creek everyone loves the willow creek movie uh it's it's talked about all the time uh in case there's a few listeners that might not know who you are uh you are uh involved with the most uh recent um bigfoot tv show expedition bigfoot and you are in uh that team uh, you're also on the podcast, one of the hosts of uh, the podcast, Bigfoot uh, Collectors Club, which uh, a lot of people in the community like as well. You guys talk about cryptids. You have uh, cool people on. It's a, it's a very good podcast. But what other things uh, might you want the listeners to know about yourself, Bryce? Well, you know, I think that's 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 a perfect start because I would imagine most of your listeners are interested in the subject of Bigfoot. and And the catalyst for sort of my... Bigfoot career is now uh, was that film Willow Creek that I that I shot with Bobcat Goldthwait in 2010, and uh, and that really kicked off a whole adventure for me because it was because of that film uh, that I met my co-host Michael McMillan on the Bigfoot Collectors Club. He had just watched that, and it sparked a fascinating conversation with us both, and that's wanted us to start our podcast, the Bigfoot Collectors Club. And uh, and then it was really from that, um, you know, I got to talking with a few uh, producer friends of mine who wanted to uh, create a Bigfoot show using the latest technology and a team of boots on the ground scientists and researchers. So that's how all that really got started. Uh, I'm about as surprised as anyone, I think, that I, I've ended up here, but I'm really uh, lucky and grateful to be in in, in the position that I am. That's awesome. Let's let's take it back first, even you know further back than Willow Creeks. Well, was there a certain uh, point in your life where you, have you always been into like the cryptids and Bigfoot and things like that, or was it just like you were you were uh, approached out of the blue one day by uh, Bobcat to to star in this movie? Well, you know, it's a little it's a little bit of both because. Okay. I've been fascinated with, I guess, what we would term the paranormal ever since I was a young boy, when I thought I might have had an encounter with some yellow-eyed demon-looking entity in my bedroom window when I must have been maybe mm. five, six, or seven. That sent me on a path. And from then forward, whenever that you know bookmobile came into town or the <laughs> library, it was it was books about ghosts. 
it was books about the Loch Ness Monster and, of course, books about Bigfoot that absolutely fascinated me. And it wasn't, I think, until I saw uh, Leonard Nimoy in, um, oh, God, it's, it, it escapes me, uh, uh, where he, he talked about the Patterson-Gimlin film, uh, In Search Of. Oh, uh, yeah, is, yep, is, exactly. Is but I, I saw that, and when I, when I glimpsed that film for the first time, it, it sort of, it sort of concretized in my mind that perhaps there's something to these entities or creatures that really aren't supposed to exist. And so, and, and to the second part of your question, which, which is funny enough, true as well. I had done a movie previously with Bobcat called sleeping dogs lie, but okay. I was just, I was just up in Canada uh, with my family and he called me out of the blue one summer and he's like, Hey, I think I'm thinking about doing a found footage Bigfoot movie. Do you know That's anything amazing. about do you know anything about Bigfoot? And 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 I and I said, Bob, you got the right guy on the phone. <laughs> like, oh yeah. You know? Oh yeah. And and we just started talking and 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 little did he know I was so passionate about the subject and and that was it. That sealed the deal. We 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 went right into production on on Willow Creek and it what started out as a relatively small script it was really the germ of an idea because bobcat goldthwaite for those who aren't familiar in your audience he was a sure. big comedian in the 80s and uh -huh. uh, he sort of rose to fame with the police academy franchise but a lot of people don't know is that he was he's really this auteur director and he always he really wanted to leave acting behind and focus on his uh writing and directing career he did that uh with some great movies uh started out with shakes the clown and then and then, of course, Sleeping Dogs Lie, which which we went to Sundance with. That's how I met him. And then he wanted to grow as a filmmaker. And, and, and the idea of a found footage sort of bothered and scared him. It bothered him because the found footage films that he liked seemed to him like someone always picked up the camera and edited it, edited mm -hmm. it in like a bay or something. And it came out like, oh, well, who's the... Who's the creep that picked up this camcorder and made a movie out of it? And so that bothered him. He saw an opportunity there. And 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 a fascinating thing about Willow Creek is I think there's just over around 200 cuts, which in film wow. is absolutely rare. I mean, so they're usually in the thousands. Uh, and I, I hope I have those numbers right. Anyway, there was, there was hardly any cuts um, in the film. If you watch it, you can rarely see them and he wanted i'm getting off point here but um uh let me get back so where was i <laughs> well you you totally answered my question which is uh it, it's quite evident that you do have you know from an early age you were you know interested in the paranormal and then you it started to get into bigfoot uh, as most of us did and that this you know that are around i think we're we're close to, to similar ages where you know you've got leonard nimoy in in search of mm -hmm. you know that generation maybe we caught the the reruns but that's all right you know um and then uh talking about how you know uh bobcat was able to uh, approach you uh, i do want to do a little footnote because sure. so the cool thing about bigfoot society is we have a lot of like um uh, there's a lot of families that listen to this. And I really want to say that Willow Creek is a horror film. So there is, you know, if you're listening to this little ears, probably not the right time to watch this movie, maybe later on in life, because there is, uh, you know, there is uh, harsh language, there is nudity, but uh, it is, you know, one of the more uh, famous movies in the, the Bigfoot culture. So it's important that we talk about it, right? Well, I, uh, I love that. And I'll, I'll add to your foot. Yeah, the thank only, you. The, ol the only nudity appropriately is mine. It was my backside. So if you <laughs> no, can, it's if not. You can, oh, oh, is that right? There's more. Oh, my God. That's right. Never At mind. the very end. <laughs> you know what? Spoiler alert territory. If you haven't seen Willow Creek, I'll yeah. stop there. Uh, but yes, <laughs> yes, uh, you're right. <laughs> Sorry to call you out, but uh, it's, a, it's a pretty big one. Um, uh, good times. So... Uh, I'm had you been to Willow Creek before this movie? I, I wanted to ask that after watching it. Yeah, it's a great question. And the answer the answer is no. You wow. know, I had always I had always heard about the place. And when Bobcat and I started talking about how he wanted to film it in the in the location in and around Bluff Creek. Uh so uh, just to give a little primer, the film Willow yeah. Creek really was 
was sort of a, a, a love story to Bigfoot, if you will. It was I, I pretty much played the character of Bobcat. It's this guy who is in search of something fantastical. And he, you know, just wanted to sort of pay homage to this sacred ground where Roger Patterson and Bob Gimlin shot the uh, the PGF film in 1967. So it's really like a visiting of a sacred site. And of course, along their journey, they, uh, you know, maybe they get confronted with uh, something they uh, they were looking for all along. Anyway, it's a horror <laughs> film. You'll figure it out. It's good. Uh, it's good. Yeah, you'll you'll figure it out pretty quick. Yeah. Right. But but that was the premise, and uh, and and really from there, he just wanted to create this uh, compelling sort of horror story involving two two people. Um, and I think that's you know one thing I hear about Willow Creek so much is that uh, is that you know we establish these characters for so long. I think that you really get to start a feel for them and. And then when they ultimately come to their demise, however that may be, you sort of are you're, you're invested at that point. And, oh, yeah. you know, there was a time shooting the movie when we had arrived at Willow Creek. We were in the China Museum. OK, and the China yep. Museum is right in Willow Creek and it harbors the actual sort of first Bigfoot museum there ever was because. Uh, it was run by a man named Al Hodgson uh -huh. uh, is the guy's name. And this is so this is sort of the the precipice of, of, of where Bigfoot lore came out of. Anyway, we were in there and we were filming some stuff and they allowed us to film in there. But ultimately, they they didn't want to use it in the film. So there's wow. a scene in there, in Willow Creek, that you'll never even see. But oh. we came out of there, Alexi and I. And there was a couple that approached us and they said, are you guys on your honeymoon? And we went, no, no, we're actually filming a movie. And they're like, oh, my God, I, we thought you guys were so in love and on your honeymoon. And we knew right That's then and there that we, had, that we had established this connection, Alexi and I, because because we road tripped from Los Angeles uh, to Northern California talking about the movie and the ideas and on the on the drive up. So we were able to oh, sort wow. of make this bonding connection with all three of us. And, and we just had the most fun. I think we shot this movie in a, less than 10 days and I'm not even going to wow. tell you how much, how much we shot it for, but we were passionate <laughs> artists. Uh, and uh, you know, we set out to create something great because as you I'm sure your listeners may know, there's only a handful of, what I would deem a pretty good Bigfoot movie. The rest of them are, there's a lot of, uh, <laughs> that, that, a lot of Oh man. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's a state. That's a true statement. Yeah. It's, they can get pretty interesting for sure. And yeah. There's yeah. quite a few. And so we really set out to, to make something for the community. And, 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 and when we, and when we arrived in the town of Willow Creek, oh, there mm. was a buzz. Visiting oh, Stephen Stroyford at, at yep. Bigfoot Books. And, yep. and Cliff Berrickman was right around there looking up prints and stuff, you know, checking out the town. And the whole town was a buzz. And they were they were really kind of unsure about Bobcat. And mm. and I think I think once they started to talk to him and 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 see the film he was making, they opened up a little bit. So the thing I, I love about Willow Creek and I'm going to be totally honest, uh, Bryce. So I am not a horror guy. Mm. I tap out at the movie Signs. If you remember the movie Signs, right? Love, love. Okay. Science. But I, I was like, man, I, I've got the opportunity. I want to talk to Bryce about this. This is a great opportunity. So you got a man up and you got to watch Willow Creek. So I just watched <laughs> it a few days ago and I was like, oh, this is so good. And the thing I loved about it is that it's not just actors in the movie. You also have, there's a few people in there like Tom Yamarone, Steven Stroyford. I always mess up that name. Sorry, Steven, he's going to get me. But <laughs> you get you have these actual Bigfoot uh, focused individuals in your movie, which is very cool and adds an extra layer to it for the people that are super into this subject. Well, we were, we were really just trying to blur the line. And I'll remember... Yeah. You know, speaking of Stephen, who I admire so much, there when we set up in his shop, Bigfoot Books, and, yep. and the camera there, he was like a, he was <laughs> like, like a tiger uh. kind of way. Like, <laughs> what are we doing here? Who is this guy interviewing me? But you know, it wasn't until I started to, I guess, reveal some of my passion about the subject. Yeah, he opened up a little bit, and and it ended up being a great scene and in, in in the movie and stuff. And you're right, there are a few. Uh, 
people and guys like Tom Yamarone, who yeah. when, when Bobcat found out, he sang songs about Bigfoot Bobcats, just like, <sighs> we're filming you. You know that, right? It, it's so good. It's so good. Um, but, there's a few, uh, let's just say there's, there's legends and lore around Willow Creek. And maybe there's a few, maybe I could bring them up and maybe you could dispel if they're true or not. Um, I've heard a rumor that in the credits of Willow Creek, it was the song Roger and Bob was supposed to be covered by another band, but it, it didn't happen. Is that true? Oh yeah, that's true. I wonder okay. if how much how much I can reveal, and if your fans know a little bit about, I'll just reveal it. I think it might be fine. I, you know, uh, for those of your fans who don't know, Bobcat Goldthwait used to open up for Nirvana, so he had. Oh formed, yeah, right. He had formed a friendship with the band, and and uh, and he has a friendship with Dave Grohl uh, from the Foo Fighters, and you know. And I, I guess they were talking and, and, and Bobcat had passed the idea around. Wouldn't it be great if, if Grohl covered this uh, song? Uh, but, you know, having Tom Yamarone, who is such a, a legend in the community uh, exactly. itself, is, it was such a it, it worked out so much better that way. And uh, mm. and, uh, and and I'm so glad for that. Um, yeah. OK, very cool. There's. A rumor that always goes around that's at least one of the interactions with the town people in uh, Willow Creek are actually like it's not scripted. Is that mm. true or false? No, that's that's true. We really we, I, we spoke to multiple people uh, who weren't actors, uh, you know, and they signed releases to be in our movie. And, and, and I think oh, it wow. added that sort of um well it just gives it that sense that like we are entering that town and these are real people because at the end there's only maybe i think not to give anything away other than alexi and i maybe one or two other actors but, sure mm -hmm. um but yeah so we we used everything we could like we really didn't you know we were just using uh the people in the town and it was funny i remember speaking with the uh I think she was the. Uh, it's, it's in the film. It's the lady. She ran the tour guide center, which was really just <laughs> when you're in front like, of the statue. Yeah, which is really just a <laughs> candle booth, you know. And I and I remember going, uh, and she, you know, trying to get her to talk about the subject. And 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 finally, I got her, and she goes, "Oh, all that Bigfoot stuff." And, oh, and I got here. She, here she is, the town representative, and she's just kind of like, "Oh, Whatever. get her out of here." But. Uh, I found wow. that funny. So that was like, that was a legitimate interaction. That's funny. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, it, it, I the part when the guy comes up to you and the gas station is in the background and he's kind of mm -hmm. like, Hey, I wouldn't do that. That's, is that scripted or uh, was that real? That, the, oh, that, that is, yeah. uh, that is Timmy Pearson. Uh, okay. Who, shout out to timmy he was basically so our the producer on the film as you'll see in the credits is amy pearson uh okay who we just love and adore and uh and her brother timmy is uh it was an actor and he also worked as a as a pa on the film so he was he was That's making funny. his okay. coffee and 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 uh ira mahill so here's a great little thing so he also plays the uh the ukulele he oh okay yeah that you song know, rocked and, and he and Bobcat's like, write a song on your ukulele. And he's like, okay, great. And he's like, I need some lyrics. And uh, and I and he goes to me and I, Bryce, tell me about uh, the PGF film. So I just started sort of spitting out some fun facts. Oh, wow. And I, a lot of those fun facts made his, uh, his his song, the lyrics in his song about like, I think 352 frames of, yeah, of yeah. magic or whatever, and or, or however the lyrics go. But uh, but it was great. We all, it was, so, I, I can't just tell you how much fun it was filming this movie and, you know, in, in less capable hands than Bobcat Goldthwait, uh. this would have, this would have came out like a bad student film. Okay. And, uh, but, but the vision of, of what he wanted to accomplish and the commitment of, of, of Alexi and I to, to, to just everything about it is, is just I, what I think makes the film special. And, you know, you mentioned it earlier that people sort of like the film and I'm, you know, I consider myself uh, someone who's in the Bigfoot community now too. Uh, and, and, and I'm sure. proud that, uh, that this film is, is, is there for, for people to enjoy, you know, so it, it's one of my great 
accomplishments, I think, That's in 25 awesome. years of doing this business. So uh, I'm really lucky to have done it. It's led me to so much fun stuff like my podcast and Expedition Bigfoot. Totally. None of that would none of that would have happened had it not been been for that small little film. It's crazy to think about, isn't that? Yeah, probably not. That's wild, man. Yeah. Um, another thing I've heard is um, near the end of the movie, there, there's a lot that happens in a certain campsite. You're inside a tent. You start to hear things. Yes. Uh, you start to you think of the 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 Bigfoot things that you would hear if you're going out. You start to hear all that. Um, was that how was that canned or was that done by certain people with the production or you have knocks, you have howls, any information about how that all that went down? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Listen, I will divulge it all. Yeah. Dude. Uh, so, you know, for those who don't know, I mean, we were, we wanted to film right in the actual place. Uh, we okay. didn't get to the actual film site because actually in 2010, there was still a little debate as to exactly where that was. There was a few people who knew, but mm -hmm. anyway, so we, we filmed that scene in a place called Laos camp. And, yep. um, and, and so that's where we had that incredible tent scene. And yes, Bobcat had a whole, a whole charcuterie board of things he wanted to accomplish that night, sounds and wood knocks. And, <clears throat> and we had a great, great guide with us, uh, a, a man by the name of Robert Leiterman. And, and oh, yeah. Son, and I, oh, and yeah. his son, I believe his name is Francis. I hope I get that. It doesn't matter. He was there with us as well. And so okay. they not only served as sort of uh, uh, he's an ex uh, forest uh uh, park ranger i yes, believe he is. And so yep. and yep. and so he was there to sort of serve as safety and just give us knowledge and and bobcats like hey you want to you know not to give too many secrets away you want to help us make some noise in the night and, yeah and, and robert was like of course you know and and so one thing i do want to note though is <clears throat> this film really rests on what's known as the tent scene and the tent scene does. is i believe it's about a 19 minute long no cuts Okay, I started yeah. the camera and I stopped the camera. Um, it's a 19 minute long, just suspenseful scene. And, and I remember Bobcat just saying, he's like, I have something I want to set out to try. And I just want to put the camera in the tent with you. And then I just want to just see what happens as the sounds of the force come alive. And wow. Alexi and I were like, okay. <laughs> he didn't tell us he was going to be throwing rocks at the tent. you know. So <laughs> we did three takes of that three and after the first one i i was like a little emotional he's like that's good that's good he's like bryce if you could cry less that would be great that would be <laughs> great like, bryce i was Just like, dial I'm it like, back I'm <laughs> and so uh and so that second take was the take that we took and 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 you know that took all night to do those three takes. And when we went to bed with around wow. before the sun came up three or four in the mo morning we felt that we had know what the hell we had just done but we felt like something special had happened and mm. and uh and so many people tell me you know i won't go camping because of that tent scene and i'm very <sighs> proud of that <laughs> it's rough dude it's a rough scene man it's i went on an expedition in iowa with tate this summer and if i had seen that movie before that would have been a whole different experience weekend man yeah it would well, have been know, nuts that's one thing it really sort of does well is it puts you in this place of what some of these eyewitnesses report when they're out camping and their and their campsite is invaded by these creatures and rocks yeah. are thrown and and they can hear them moving around the campsite it's absolutely terrifying and what else would it be but i think and it, but it's also exhilarating right it because is. that's what that's what you're there to do so um it's 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 a great scene if you haven't seen it uh check it out it, were there any uh things that got cut out of the movie that were like you're looking back at it you're like oh uh, i guess you've mentioned maybe a few but any others uh you know cut out things that come to mind that didn't quite make it i can't really think of any i mean you know no there's no other than that scene that took place in the china museum that was the only thing i think that we really sort of gouged out there might have gotcha. been stuff we sort of threw uh, maybe an interview or two we didn't use i'm not quite sure sure uh 
but uh, I'm sure there was a, a lot of film to edit. Bobcat did. I I um, ah I forget the gentleman's name who who uh, edited the movie, but uh, that's my mistake. I should look him up uh, anyway. But yes, so <laughs> no sweat. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, how much of the the movie did uh, Bobcat say? How much was ad libbed between? You know, um, did he just it was there's a part in the tent scene where it's a very uh, pivotal emotional moment between you and I, I'm sorry, I can't remember the other character's uh, name. Uh, Alexi Gilmore. And I forget that's the name right. Of her character that's right. Too, but yeah. And it's a very pivotal moment. And it just, it got me as, you know, as a individual, I was like, Oh, I'd be crushed. Was that something you guys just like, let's throw this in there. Or was that like Bob cat was like, it has to go this way. No, I think I think so. The idea of the failed proposal is the idea, yeah. and then and and then it's the words that he lets us create. So yes, so uh, much of that, so much of that was ad libbed. But uh, as long as he gets the idea of like, okay, this is a scene about uh, Bryce. You're going to propose, and Alexi, you're going to turn him down, and uh, and let's see what happens, you know. And and so that's really how those scenes operate. And then we, me and Alexi, sort of just uh you know start doing the thing whatever that means uh yeah Fantastic. there's a lot of there's a lot of this movie a, a good portion of it which is really just uh, Lexi and I sort of ad-libbing off of off of each other because you know for, fortunately we really sort of matched our characters quite well Jim is the name of my character <laughs> yeah, I'm, yes. I'm sort of really this guy who's like <laughs> you hey, seem like you're close to Jim yeah I'm pretty close to Jim yeah Alexi's pretty close to Alexi uh her character in the in the, in the film so uh so it worked out well we were able to have those conversations about this phenomenon that felt real Oh, you're going to make me look up the editor and now her character name. I'll let the Big <laughs> Society fans do that. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, you guys uh, put it in the comments on YouTube or, or something like that, guys. Um, did anything weird happen to you guys? You know, because the thing people have to realize is that you're going actually out into the area where the Patterson-Gimlin film site is. There's a possibility that you could run into things like you know bigfoot out there when you're filming did anything weird like that happen or is it pretty uneventful well no uh you know being at laos camp at night and then and then having mm. them do those knocks and those sounds i was like god what are we doing like what are we inviting? Playing with fire like what are we inviting into camp you know uh fortunately no incidents happened uh, one of our photographers uh, our Evan, our cinematographer, he did say he heard something run through the camp in the middle of the night. Oh I'm not goodness. sure what that was. And there was <laughs> one time, <clears throat> there was one time when it was daytime and, and it's that scene where, where we, um, where Alexi and I enter where a car can go no further as we're about yes. to travel to the trail of the bluff of the Patterson Gimlin film site. We were actually there. We didn't hike all the way in, but we did that scene right at that place where there's the car bar. Oh, wow. And I, and as we're filming, I just felt like this intense, like, Hmm, we shouldn't be here. Like something was watching Whoa. me from behind. Something was watching me yeah. from behind. And I just got really antsy about it. And I, I kind of was like, okay, we got the scene. Let's get the hell out of it. I don't feel good, you know. Yeah, yeah, this. yeah. Uh, but I, I have Oof. a feeling that that we were being watched, yeah. Potentially, it could have been, you know, it, it's hard to say. It could have been an infra, infrasound type deal. It's all sorts of things that that could have been. Who knows, yeah. you know. Who, who knows? It's that sixth sense of something's watching. Yes, you, you know? exactly, exactly. Mm. Now, you've been able to go back to that area after the film like you have been able to return correct yes oh my god so i mean talking about what we're talking about fast forward however many years later and you know i guess 11 or 12 years later and i would i would return to the actual patterson gimlin film site with lidar expert pete kelsey and mm. and actually you know scan the place which is just monumental in its own right and so uh it's the way that it's sort of come full circle for me is is not lost on me i really appreciate and uh and it's just it's it's such a trip to like how much this subject has influenced uh my life you know did you notice uh where was the you know the town much different than the first time you were there did you notice different things had things mm. changed anything anything of that nature 
You know, the town, the town is always sort of still, still just self-surviving quite, sure. quite well. And, and I, not much had changed uh, in, in the years. Um, and, and, and hopefully it continues to do so because I think it's a real, uh, it's a real jewel in the state of California, one that people should go visit as they're passing through this great state. So, uh, you know, uh, it's a place that does look forward to uh, the occasional tourists coming by and eating the food and getting the books at Bigfoot Books and, and seeing <laughs> yep, the place. Yep. It's a it's a great place. So, uh, yeah, Willow Creek is not just a fictional place in, in the movie. It's an actual town that you can go to. It's the gateway to Bigfoot country. No doubt. It's, you know, one day I will be able to, I'll, I'm going to go there myself. It's on my list, you know, nice, it's on, nice. it's on the list. I got the first expedition out of the way this summer and, uh, you know, I'll, uh, it's a little bit of a trek from Iowa to out to California, but I'll make it out there somehow someday. So, well, um, it'll, it'll be worth it. I remember driving on those narrow roads, trying to film, trying to film these scenes as I'm doing so. Oh, and then wow. looking, looking down, 300 feet and then looking up feet at these giant sequoias that surmount all depth below and above, you know, and you're just like, Oh my God, you know, it's where they filmed the, you know, the great star Wars scene in the, the that's Battle true. Of the Return so of the Jedi. A, yeah. It's such a magical place, you know, that brings up a, a question I was going to, I wanted to ask you. So the scenes, there's a lot of scenes where you're driving around. So in those scenes, you're actually holding, there's not another guy in the car. There's not a cameraman. It's literally you're holding it. And you said while you're driving at some points. Yeah. Yeah. No, wow. absolutely. Because Bobcat wanted it to be authentic. And as a matter of fact, the camera we used was we bought three of them in a Best Buy. And and we wanted them to be cons consumer grade. We wanted okay. it to feel like you know it was just these people going out. And our and our cinematographer is a guy named Evan. I think he was studying astronomy out of the Jet Propulsion Lab or, or Cal State or something. Anyway, wow. he knew a lot about cameras and whatever. But uh, great great guy. And um, anyway, so he would sort of set the settings and then hand me the camera, and I would place it in the truck or hold it while I was talking or give it to Alexi and. Uh, you know, so it's we wanted it to everything to feel like it's so basically I'm the cameraman most of the time. It's, you know, and even in that that great last shot where I'm getting attacked and the camera's oh, yeah. moving, that's really? me. That's me screaming my own death and then grabbing the camera and then shaking and then carefully walking back. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I was wondering because it's like it's almost it's supposed to look like you're being dragged away. It's just, a, it's wild. I had a lot of fun being like, you know, my own cameraman because I used to do that with my friends when I first moved out to Los Angeles. So it felt very authentic to be doing it. But yeah, we only had that one and, and we never broke it. So it was that camera the whole time. Wow. The whole movie is shot on that. And it's a good thing you didn't break it because out there, it would have been quite an interesting trip to get a new camera. You'd have to go all the way back to civilization. You know, from what I hear, it's, you know, once you get to Willow Creek, you're you're not close to any other civilization. Yeah, no. Well, we, we were pretty self-sufficient at that point. So uh, we, we, we set out to accomplish a task. And, oh, man, we, there's a lot of stories and obstacles along the way, but we, we, we got it done, you know. It's, I've talked to some people about the movie. Is there like a, a set in stone? You know, the the okay, this is going to get into spoiler territory. So if you're trying to get out of spoiler territory, this is your warning. Oh, yeah. So at we the should... at, at the end, <laughs> you know, obviously bad stuff goes down. Real bad stuff goes down. It, it leads you to believe that. So your character definitely dies at the end of Willow Creek. Like. Is that is that the story from Bobcat, like Bryce's well, that's character? That that's open ended. That's and okay. one of the great one of the great things about Willow yeah. Creek is it's really left up to the audience member to determine the fate of not only both characters but uh, to the creatures as well. So it's left open ended, and I'm so and I'm so thankful for that because as an audience member, mm. so often the endings are kind of shoved down our throats. Sure. And, uh, we're forced to digest them. This sort of allows your own interpretation. And, uh, and I like that. It, it's also, uh, I'll say if you're, you know, when you watch the movie, 
pay attention to little details in each scene because those may come into play to help you figure out the end or give extra meaning to the end. Um, and uh, yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a few things on, there's at least one thing on a wall that will, that'll help you figure out what's going on at the end. I, that's my interpretation anyways. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's talk about uh, Bigfoot for a bit. And sure. I, I love talking to, you know, the people I interview specifically about Bigfoot. And, you know, with this program, I talk to all ends of, you know, we, I talk to people who believe, you know, in paranormal Bigfoot or, you know, believe in the woo, or we've got, you know, maybe more flesh and blood camp, you know, um, that think we're looking at undiscovered gray ape. But I'm, I'm really curious, uh, you know, someone asks you, okay, Bryce, what, what do you think we're looking at when we talk about the creature Bigfoot? How, how are you describing what we're looking at? What do you think we've got going on? Well, you know, I think it's, uh, for me, it's, it's something that changes over mm. time. And, uh, you know, I've tried to come at, at this from just about every angle I can. Okay. I don't think I've left anything on the table. I've looked at the paranormal side. I've looked at the flesh and blood side. I've looked at the psychological archetype side. Uh, I've looked at, I've looked at all of them. And, 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 and the bottom line is that there is a phenomenon at play here on this planet. And, uh, and people are witnessing and experiencing something that's more than just misidentification, hoax or hallucination. But, you know, I don't want to dodge your question here. <laughs> tell you, you know, I think I'm leaning more these days on the psychological aspect of the Bigfoot phenomenon. And and I know that's probably going to ruffle a few feathers, but I don't mind because, mm. you know, the great uh, psychologist Carl Jung had no problem with the idea of, of psychic manifestation through the conscious or the subconscious. And I think us as a human species have been dealing with archetypes so primordial for so long and things have concretized in that sense that, um, that it wouldn't surprise me that that might help explain what so many people across so many different areas and so mm. many different times are experiencing and and you you start to have to ask yourself at some point can there really be this many subspecies of unconfirmed uh wood apes roaming the vast landscapes of planet earth uh it's possible i do believe that if these creatures exist that they're super intelligent super shy reclusive i have no problem and i've spoken with biologists and uh and naturalists who have no problem with these creatures going by themselves, you know, avoiding mankind. Um, it's possible. I know a lot of people have a problem with that, but I don't. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I, it's hard to eliminate a different thing when, when I'm talking to witnesses who, who have such a physical experience, you know. Um, so I wrestle with it, you know, and, and but let me tell you something. This is the fun thing about Bigfoot. I don't give mm. a, I don't really care if I have an answer. And sure. I don't care and I don't care where my thinking takes me because um look, if we're ever going to get to the bottom of this mystery, um you know, I I think that we really need to start looking at these aspects of of what it is that we're projecting out into these dark spaces like the wooded forest. Not only that, but what are we projecting out into the outer space? This image of this oh. of this gray alien uh, anthropomorphic skinny, you know, is what are we mirroring here? You know, so there's a lot of psychological components to the alien phenomenon and the Bigfoot phenomenon. And here we are somewhere in the middle, you know, we're not quite wild man of the woods and yet right. we're not quite spacefaring, uh, spaceship pilots, you know, we're here in the middle, you know, and yet we're pulling from these archetypes. We're pulling from the past. We're pulling from the future. Wow. And, and they manifest, Jeremiah. They manifest as real as I could reach out and touch, like the, like the doubter Thomas did to Jesus. You know, you can reach out and touch the damn thing, you right. know, and and you would doubt no more. That doesn't make it unconfirmed North American wood ape. Hmm. 
That's that's a very very interesting answer. I, I like it. That's that's you know I can say that is in a way that has never been. I've never gotten that answer before in the you know three years I've done this podcast, and that's pretty cool. I like that. Um, you know, listeners would be would be uh, upset with me if I didn't ask some questions about you know, specifically about Expedition Bigfoot. That's what a lot of people are going to know you um, from from that show. You know, sure. um, being involved with the this, this show, I want to say, um, man, multiple seasons now. Over these, these last seasons, was there a time where, you know, things got really serious for you? You were, you, were, you know, maybe filming it, you know, you're out there, you, you're doing, uh, getting some footage and you experience something. And you're like, wow, this is, this is getting really intense. What was there a, a time that comes to mind where, you know, it just things got a little bit intense during the filming of that show. Oh, absolutely. There, there's been multiple times. The, the time that sort of jumped to mind was when I was <clears throat> traveling through this corridor at night, uh, in Washington. And, mm. and I hear that, and and I and I just see a lot of uh, young fawn, fawns, deers running through this cleared. I think it was a third cut on a patch of timber. So uh, really short trees. They look like little Christmas trees, and you could just see the deers jumping uh, in and around this acreage. But it was when I heard one of these deers get sort of grabbed and make this <laughs> guttural sound. Oh, boy. and I heard something run off with the deer. Now I'm not saying a, yeah. a bear a bear couldn't do that, nor a mountain lion they could do that. But the time and the and the veracity of which it was done it felt unnatural to me. And uh, and so I don't know. And and you know, look, we have a we have another season coming up for our fans of Expedition Big nice. that, that that we filmed in Alaska. Wow. And and, and and you know, we put our blood, sweat and tears in, in that one because, you know, there it's just a dangerous place as you will see. So, um you're always sort of that's in the back of your mind. Your your safety is is concerned. Oh, for that. sure. Yeah. And um, the, the thing about Alaska, it's like it's almost like you go into a place like that and it's like gloves are off that you could really get messed up in a area like that you know well absolutely i mean we did we did have we i mean there was a there was a little list of of, of injuries that came about and you oh know, wow not to, but yeah. yeah it was a tough place but uh i can't wait for the we just encountered some incredible stuff and and i spoke with some incredible individuals and i'm so excited for our, the fans to see this next season it's just crazy you uh i would love to know like like the minds behind the show you, you just you you get some crazy locations to go to. I I just man, I wish I could be a fly on the wall when it's like, oh, we got to go here next, and you know, figure out how how to do that. That'd just be so cool. Like you know, you go into Alaska next, and I'm sure there'll be even more seasons. Who knows where you'll be going after that? But well, there's like you know, it's I, I got to tell you, there's there's no shortage. It, there's no shortage of potential places to go. True. And it's funny when I started podcasting about the paranormal five years ago. I, I one of the the concerns I I said to my co-host Michael was, "Hey, are we going to run out of stuff to uh, to talk about of high <laughs> right, strangers?" Right. And and yeah, and he no. fortuitously said. No, we're good. And he was right that the list just keeps going on and on and on of the strange and mysterious things that take place on planet Earth. You know, let, let's let's hit a question for our, our Bigfoot Collector Club fans. Is there a, an episode that you've done over the years that, you know, has been your one of your do you have any favorite episodes from over the years of that show? Maybe interviews you've done or. Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. And, you know, uh, I think hitting the 100th episode mm. benchmark was was uh, pretty monumental. And we had a great guest, Paul Shear, uh, oh, wow. who's, who's a hilarious comedian. And he yeah. came on and he was just so open with us. And and he had some paranormal encounter stories of his own. And and we did the story of high strangeness about Betty and Barney Hill, the, the really the first case of alien abduction that sparked a wildfire amongst news media. Mm. Do you have any, you know, maybe we can talk about, it's come up a few times. Um, do you have any thoughts about uh, our current state of, you know, uh, UAPs, UFOs, aliens? 
is that something you keep up to date with or, or how do you how do you view what's going on in the field with all that stuff well well of course i'm very i'm very interested yeah. in all all things strange and that includes the ufo uap phenomena <laughs> and look i'll say this uh, i think a lot of people are looking in the direction of of uh hardware craft you know um uh, but i I, I, I might say, uh, you know, maybe slow down a bit. You know, we've been dealing with this phenomenon for maybe more than 100 years. Mm. Uh, going, going back how, how long? Centuries, thousands of years? Um, what are these things? And, and do they really necessarily come from somewhere else? Now, again, um, you know, <laughs> oh, we're, yeah. we're still not fully aware of, of what, the human mind is capable of and uh and there's a lot of things about the ufo phenomenon and i'm talking about contactee experience the alien uh -huh. abduction phenomenon uh downloads uh div all different kinds of acts aspects to this phenomenon that when you look at all of these pieces very closely it doesn't hold water that these little beings are traveling in tin cans from zeta reticuli to probe us anally it doesn't make sense. And why mm. should it? Uh, something else is going on here. And I believe that that something involves us. Wow. Uh, I'm talking about humans and just what we're capable of. Uh, the subconscious mind, the conscious mind. Uh, you know, we are, we are creators of things unknown. And we put our mind into those dark spaces and allow it to fester and to build and to manifest. And I wouldn't be all too surprised if what we're experiencing in the UFO UAP phenomenon is really and has always been just coming from us. That is very interesting. And I, I think there's definitely some some merit to what you're saying. It, it feels like, you know, what we focus on as a culture, we focus more and more on it maybe that starts to show up uh, for, you know, an example in the, and, you know, it, it's, it feels like there's this huge focus in the cryptid community about dog man all of a sudden, and lo and behold, more dog man stuff comes out of nowhere. Like it used to not be there around. And now it's like, we're all focusing on dog man. Hey, guess yeah. what? Dog man reports everywhere, land between the lakes, all that good stuff. It's just, it's wild. Um, I think, you know, one of my favorite theories I hear is that, you know, the UAP UFOs are, are us from the future coming back to visit. I mean, that's wild, but dude, I don't well, know. Maybe. It, it, it's like I was saying earlier, we're pulling these images, whether from the future or mm. from the past. So whether we're pulling them from ourselves from the future or whether they're, we're pulling them from the past uh, from ourselves, we're, it's just us. It's always just us, you know? And uh, and look, I, I want to put a caveat here. I'm not yeah. saying that there's not life on other planets. Impossible, I say. It's a mathematical certainty the universe is so big. Um, but are they really traveling here in their light ships to interfere with us and uh, to toy around our nuclear sites? I'm not so sure. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's that's a thing that always gets me, Bryce, is that you know, uh, they, they seem to show up around, uh, important events in history where we could just utterly annihilate ourselves. It, it, that's weird, man. Like around, you know, uh, missiles don't work. It just, I don't, it's very, very strange, but, uh, we've made it so far through all this. So fingers crossed for the next part, I guess. Yeah, but, there uh, does, there does seem to, to be this, this urgent need to stop us from self-destruction. Yeah. Now, again, is that coming from uh, from some overseer, some some galactic council who is sort of babysitting our planet, perhaps? Or is that coming from us as a collective species, knowing what we're inherently capable of because we already detonated an atomic bomb so devastating that mm. we'd only take a couple of them to destroy yep. ourselves over and over and over. How can that not enter the human psyche? Absolutely. You know, so, uh, you know, we have to sort of grapple with the psychology of these, 
of these phenomenons that we're dealing with. Now, I'm not saying that there isn't some some sentient uh, other controlling or, 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 you know, infesting this phenomenon, let's say. It's not maybe just us. I'll add that. Uh, but uh, so it's a mystery. And, I, and as you can see, I just love it. And, and look, I, I don't want to offend anybody saying, oh, these things aren't real and UFOs aren't real because I do believe they're real. I do. I, I speak to people who believe they're real. And, and I'm just trying to, to figure out for myself what is real. Mm. There you go. At, at the end of it, it's, you know, trying to to figure out the answers. It, it's what I try to do with this. It's It sounds like it's what, you know, you guys are trying to do over at Bigfoot Collectors Club for sure. Um, as, you know, before we, we wrap, uh, start to wrap things up, you know, the, the term Bigfoot Collectors Club. Um, do you have an it, do you have an interesting Bigfoot collection to yourself? Any any cool uh, things you've collected over the years or books in a in a collection at all? Or yeah, man. Well, I'm I'm a collector, and <clears throat> that 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 name originally came from we wanted to sort of talk about Bigfoot and then show our collection of toys, uh, okay. you know, because yeah. we collect action figures and and books and, and, and all kinds of stuff. But, you know, what it ended up being is, is sort of collecting stories about this, this mm. wonderful phenomenon uh, that, that takes on so many different guises and disguises and, and, and likes to reveal itself in different ways. Uh, and, and, you know, our podcast is not one where we, we take ourselves too seriously. We have a lot of fun. We're under, we, we consider it a comedy podcast because yep, yep. Some, if you know, if you can't laugh at this stuff, sometimes I think you'll just go crazy. And so give yourself That's permission, true. give yourself plenty of permission not to take this stuff too seriously. Uh, but at the same time, take it very seriously because uh, it's that mystery in life that gives us that, that verb, you know, helps. Uh, yeah. It helps you get through Every day, a little mystery keeps you going for sure. Uh, Bryce, thank you so much for for being on the show today. Uh, it's been uh, a really fun chat about uh, Willow Creek, uh, Expedition Bigfoot, and all that stuff. Do you mind, you know, sharing um, if uh, you know people are wanting to keep up to date best with what you're doing? Uh, what can, uh, how can they follow you? Different ways. Uh, well, I'd love to, and I, I first just want to say thank you, Jeremiah, for having me on. Uh, the Bigfoot Society podcast. I really, I, I really admire what you guys are doing over there, and uh, thanks. And it's it's a great honor. And you can find me uh, on socials at Instagram. I'm at Bryce O Johnson at Mr. Bryce Johnson, and on Twitter at uh, at Bryce O Johnson. You can find Bigfoot Collectors Club wherever you get your podcasts, and look for Expedition Bigfoot on the Discovery Plus app. Or, or Travel Channel as it will come out this next year uh, with our new season in Alaska. I can't wait for you guys to see it. Fantastic. Thanks so much for coming on, Bryce. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. The views and opinions expressed are those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Bigfoot Society. Any content provided by our guests are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or 